Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. It's Taz, Jim, Devin Peacock, and we will be talking to Jim Mockler, Father Mockler from St. Peter's Basilica here in London. Obviously, the top story is the fire that broke out yesterday in Paris, the Notre Dame Cathedral, severely damaged, and we'll get uh, Father Mockler's thoughts on that situation. Also, we've got a Londoner going to be on Wheel of Fortune tonight. Does she give the Forest City a shout-out? She'll let us know. You guys saw this story, though, right? The, uh, the crossbow in Toronto? How crazy is this? It's insane. Like every six months, there seems to be like crossbow stories that come along. Yeah, didn't we have someone shot with an arrow in London? Purposely shot with an arrow a couple months back, Dev? Yeah, there was one that was recently, and there was an arrest this week of a, a woman London police were looking for wasn't charged with shooting the crossbow. Someone else has been charged with first degree murder in that case, but she was an accessory to murder, and that has been arrested. And that was the second person killed by an arrow in London in a couple months. Well, this is a pretty creative story. I, I don't want to give any credit to the, the person responsible, but uh, someone shows up at a Toronto woman's house, says he's a delivery guy. He's got a giant box in his arms, knocks on the door. There's a security camera. Like, I'm watching the footage right now. She opens the door. His arm's in the box with the crossbow. He fires the, the arrow through the box hitting the woman, and then he just bolts off running. I, I've seen it on action movies where a guy will have a gun in a bag, and then yeah. he'll, he'll move the bag up. It's well, brilliant because you can't see the weapon. The Last Boy Scout. Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. He has his daughter's puppet on his hand, and he's, he's oh. never, he has the gun inside the puppet. It's not, uh, it's not a new concept, but you're right. I've never seen it in real life. They do have surveillance video of this that people can watch to try and identify the guy who did this because that's what they're looking for now. I was just reading a story recently about how people are a little concerned about surveillance and privacy with all these you know, doorbell uh, cameras and surveillance cameras. In this case, it could help catch the guy who's behind this. He's clearly wearing a disguise, though. Look at this guy. <laughs> It's not a good disguise either. He's got like a, a wig on with a hat. A, a bandana, it looks like, wrapped around. Or is that a fake goatee? I can't tell. But, uh, yeah, crazy. The, the woman who was shot uh, is a mom with two teenage children. And she has life-threatening and life-altering injuries. So it's a very serious case. If you can watch this video, I know we're in London and who knows... Right, but uh, take a look at it. It's pretty crazy, and if uh, you can help the police, then give them a call. Peel Regional Police looking for the public's help in this case. Well, one of the most famous architectural masterpieces and significant churches in the world caught fire yesterday. 850-year-old Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris ignited around 7 p.m. Paris time last night. Took 400 firefighters to get the fire under control. Now, the closest thing we would have to a Notre Dame here in London, Ontario, is St. Peter's Basilica in downtown. And we've got the rector from St. Peter's, Father Jim Mockler, on with us here to give us a little perspective. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Tez. What was it like for you to see those images yesterday of Notre Dame burning? It was, uh, it was quite amazing in the sense that... Uh, 
first of all, when, when I heard the news, I certainly uh, turned on TV and saw some things on Twitter, and it was quite, uh, quite amazing to see something uh, so beautiful, first of all, that you don't expect, but you know is a possibility at times that uh, uh, such a beautiful building is taken from us. The fire was most likely caused by accident, and it could have had something to do with some restoration or renovations that were being done to the church. And these old buildings, you got to think, when a building is 850 years old, they've constantly got to be working on, on the thing. Uh, the same would be true with St. Peter's. You guys are always working on the church there, right? We are, and... Uh about uh, five years ago, we finished, it was an eight- to ten-year project to uh, secure the envelope of the parish to make sure that uh, all the pointing, all the brickwork was done so that uh, it wouldn't leak, it would, uh, it would be safe. So it's a constant uh, process. Uh, we're not as old as Notre Dame, uh, but uh, actually, Notre Dame is 625 years older than we are. Just a little bit older. That's wild because I think of St. Peter's, and I, I loved going down in there. My mom would bring us for Mass, and sure. just you could sit there for an hour, listen to the, the sermon, and gaze in wonder at the architecture and the stained glass. And that building seemed really old to me. So when you say Notre Dame is 650 years older, it's, it's just mind-boggling. It is. Uh, and, uh, and yet the, the beauty of, uh, of churches, of buildings anywhere, cause like they did for you when you went to Mass to marvel at the... Uh, at the architecture. Now, emergency crews, we're told, were able to save a lot of priceless antiques and artifacts from the church yeah. as the fire broke out, including the crown of thorns Jesus wore before the crucifixion? Mm-hmm. Somebody actually has that. Well, yeah, they have it. They had it at Notre Dame Cathedral, apparently. Apparently, and uh, I'd have to do a little more research to find out more about that, but that's, what, uh, that's where it rested. I thought that was only something in Da Vinci Code. I didn't think that was a real object that existed. Wow. Talk about priceless. Yeah, talk about old. (laughs) You think Notre Dame's old. (laughs) That crown's even older. (laughs) You must have some artifacts and antiques in St. Peter's here in London that uh, would come to mind if if something, God forbid, happened here. What would you be running in to, to save before the fire spread? Well, first of all, the uh, most important thing in the Church is uh, the Blessed Sacrament. The hosts that are consecrated, that are reserved after people receive communion and are kept uh, in the Church so that people who are uh, homebound or in hospital can, uh, can receive communion at, uh, at any time. So that's something we would want to uh, preserve. Uh, some of the artifacts, of course, not as old as Notre Dame, but there are some uh, crucifixes that uh, have uh, made their way down through uh, the uh, years that rest at uh, at St. Peter's. But um, the most important thing, uh, if, if St. Peter's uh, ever did catch fire, it would be the loss of something that uh, is absolutely beautiful. People are drawn to God's presence by a lot of things, and one of them is beauty. We've always believed that the cathedral building has a purpose and has a ministry on its own, and it draws, uh, it draws people in. We're talking to Father Jim Mockler. He's the rector at St. Peter's uh, Basilica here in London, Ontario. Uh, have you heard anything uh, from the bishops, the archbishops, the Vatican? Are they talking about 
plans to rebuild or renovate, do you believe that they will do whatever it takes to get Notre Dame back as a place to worship in Paris again? I think they probably would, uh, and yet it's too early to tell. They're probably right now just still uh, assessing the situation, and while uh, the building is certainly in disrepair now, the most important thing, the people remain. They may not have a building, but those people who are uh, parishioners of Notre Dame Cathedral will still gather this week, and they'll pray, and they'll reflect, and they'll uh, become aware of what this week is all about, even though they don't have a building. The church, which is the people, uh, remains. So that's the most important thing. Now, I know the church is also about forgiveness, but if it turns out that the guy who kicked over uh, the heating a, a lamp or space <laughs> heater started this fire, uh, will he be forgiven immediately, or could it take a couple weeks on this one? I think uh, we've all kicked over things unexpectedly, and I think uh, forgiveness would be in store. Hey, you move forward, right? And we'll see. <laughs> Something greater may rise from the ashes. We've heard that well, many times in, in well, the Catholic Church. That's what they say. And we had, uh, we had a ceremony last night at the cathedral, over 1,100 people. People were just remarking, uh, looking at our cathedral, looking at the ceiling, the walls, and what would, uh, how would we feel if our cathedral was destroyed, which, as you mentioned before, is certainly a lot uh, younger than Notre Dame. But uh, we would feel the loss. We would feel the impact. But as I mentioned before, as people of faith, we would continue to gather. While it's a loss, tragic loss, but the people and the reason for gathering as people of faith stays the same. Father Jim Mockler, I know you have a Mass to get ready for. We'll let you go. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Father. You're welcome, Taz. Have a great day. Colleen Keel is a former Londoner now living in the USA, and she's going to be kind of representing London, Ontario on Wheel of Fortune tonight. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. So do you have to be an American citizen to get on Wheel of Fortune? No, um, an American resident or a U.S. resident. Okay. Uh, you left London, Ontario when? A couple years ago. And the reason? I married a gentleman from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, romantic. Yeah. He stole Absolutely. one of ours, eh? Yeah, he got one Absolutely. of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> now, you worked uh, in the uh, food and beverage industry uh, in London, Ontario. Whereabouts did you work? Um, I used to actually own Alfredo Italian Kitchen that was in the market, and I had all finished my career off with the Western Fair slots with the casino. Oh, with those Wheel of Fortune slot machines. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love those things. But I also love uh, Wheel of Fortune very close to me because I, I'd watch it every night with my grandmother, and we'd always play along, and you dream about being there. So what's the process like to get on the show? What'd you have to do? It was kind of crazy. So I was sitting like you, watched it with my family, right, forever. And I was just sitting here one night watching it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm a U.S. resident now. I can totally do this. So I looked <laughs> it up two ways. One, you can send in a one-minute video, or you can, like, follow that, you know, big yellow wheelmobile bus around the U.S. So I just took a chance and um, did a one-minute video kind of showcasing me and saying, hey, here I am, and a little bit of Canadiana in there. And, um... I got an email two weeks later saying, could I please come to a second audition in Indianapolis? 
Wow. How far is it to Indianapolis from Grand Rapids? It's four hours. Okay, so you drove out yeah. there, and then what is yeah. that uh, audition, the second audition? That What's that like? crazy. So it was about 60 other, um, you know, hopeful contestants from surrounding states, and we played the game. We had to do a five-minute crazy test. It was so hard. What and, did that involve? Uh, like just oh, guessing was, puzzles and stuff like that? Ex- exactly. It was guessing puzzles. We had, um, I think it was like 15 puzzles, five minutes. And it was, like, really fast. It was crazy. And then they asked 12 people who um, they thought maybe they want to take a second look at to stay. And I was one of those 12. I'm like, yay, I'm on my way. Um, and they said after the audition that um, we would get a letter in the mail within two weeks if um, we were selected. Well, I didn't get a letter. Uh-oh. And I was like, I know. And my mother is like, what is wrong with these people? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, mom, like, back off. And... Five weeks later, I got a letter saying that I was going to be a future contestant on the Wheel of Fortune. That is so exciting. Yeah. And, and here we are tonight. You've already filmed the episode, obviously. Correct. Does London, yeah. Ontario get a shout out on Wheel of Fortune tonight? Highly likely it does. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that's us! <laughs> I live there! I live there! That's right. Oh, good for you. So you haven't forgotten where you came from. Not a chance. What is Pat Sajak, what are are him and Vanna like in real life? Do they fraternize with the contestants during commercial breaks, or are they just in and out? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. We actually taped six shows um, every Friday of the month. So there was like 18 contestants like held up in a, you know, contestant area. And Vanna came in before we started taping and just said, you know, hey, guys, you know, have fun. Buy lots of vowels. Keep me busy. And um, Pat was more than cordial. He made everybody at ease. He was just, he was super, honestly. Really, really great. My grandma always wondered, is that his real hair? Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah? You got up close, close enough to see if it I was did. stuck it on there? Is. <laughs> yep, it is the real deal. Mm-hmm. By the way, what a great gig for Pat Sajak. He works one day of the week, busts yep. all these episodes out, and then yep. I'm assuming he lives in Hawaii the rest of the week? I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it was amazing. I'm going to tell you, the contestant department, they set you up for success. I mean, you're going to be on national TV, right? So they want to make sure you look good, do great. You're coached the entire way, and they want to make sure you know how to play the game. Who was in the audience for you? Now, you can't say whether or not you made it to the final puzzle, but uh, they always do the, all right, who do you got in the audience watching you? Who who was there for you? My husband, John, we went to L.A. for the weekend. Very nice. He was there. Mm Mm-hmm. And... You would recommend we watch tonight. We don't know if you, you... You mentioned London, Ontario, it sounds like. We don't know if you do us proud. Worth tuning in, though, for people here in the Forest City? 100%. It will be fun, exciting, and entertaining, nevertheless. <laughs> Colleen Keel on the Wheel of Fortune tonight. We're going to be watching, and we'll call you back. No matter what happens, we want to call you back and do a recap tomorrow morning, okay? That sounds fabulous. Thanks, Colleen. Good luck. All right. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks. Time for sports. Big win for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Riley to the net. That's made the save. Rebound score. Trevor Moore. Johnson. Matthews. Shoots. He scores. Here's Matthews up against Brandon Carlo. Tavares. Center. Johnson. Backhander. Scores. 
to Krejci, to Pasternak, fires his shot, big block, two big blocks by Mitch Marner, and that's it. The Maple Leafs win game three, three to two. Yeah, Marner again was showing what kind of player he is, diving all over the ice at the end of the game, blocking shots. And once uh, the game wrapped up, I saw an argument start on social media that Mitch Marner should be the new captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Devin Peacock, what do you think about that statement? He's a good player. He would make a great captain, but it's not going to happen. It's going to be Austin Matthews. Here's a text message from one of our listeners. Marner is greater than Matthews. It's not even close. If he doesn't make the same amount of money or more than Matthews, it'll be the biggest injustice of all. I got a, I got a, I got a. Some more bad news. I got some bad news for you. You might want to maybe uh, chain yourself to a tree or something like that to protest this because uh, Marner is not going to be the captain, and I don't think he's going to make more than Matthews with his new contract. Gong Show Tom says, "I'm not a Leafs fan, but Marner's time will come." The runaway choice for captain should be Tavares. End of story. So my prediction for Marner's contract first is it's going to be a short-term contract. That'll make two, maybe three years. He will then sign a new contract where he could eclipse Austin Matthews at that point, but for his next contract, he'll be less than Matthews. The next captain of the Leafs will be Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, from the day he was drafted by the Maple Leafs, has been talking to the media and answering questions, speaking after games, speaking for the teams. That is the captain. Since he was 18, 19 years old with this team, he has been the one front and center. Mitch Marner, to his credit, has been doing that as well, but the media goes to Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews will be the captain. There's lots of leaders on the team. Marner's won. Tavares absolutely won. You look at the end of the game last night. Tavares was on the ice. He was great against Patrice Bergeron. Won 60% of his uh, face-offs against Bergeron. His line was able to suffocate the Bruins' top line. It was a huge reason why the Leafs won. But Austin Matthews is the guy on this team. Austin Matthews is the best player. He will be the next captain. It doesn't seem that Marner has a problem with it. He and and Matthews get along great. Their relationship's fantastic it's there. It's better for Marner. Like let, let Matthews be the guy that's right. the captain of the Leafs. Assume that extra mantle of responsibility and go be Mitch Marner and go be awesome. Go, you know, score nearly 100 points a, a season. Go make those amazing blocks like he did last night. Just go be Mitch Marner. All you have to do is just create for the rest of the team and be fantastic. Let Matthews have to deal with the media every single night. Do you think uh, Toronto's going to win their next game? Uh, I don't know. Um, it wasn't easy last night. It wasn't easy. Like uh, I, I, I picked the Leafs to win the series. I think they're going to win the series. But Boston is just uh, too good of a team. We saw the way they bounced back uh, after they lost game one. I would predict the Bruins win game four. This becomes a three-game series, and the Leafs win. Black Keys, low, high. That song makes me want to plan a caper. You guys in? Does <laughs> that like a montage for like an Ocean's Eleven style movie? <laughs> yeah. When they're getting, the, when the plan's coming together? One guy's soldering something. I don't yeah. know what for. Making another a pipe bomb. Another guy's in a trench coat sitting on a park bench with a newspaper. <laughs> checking something out. 
And how about a story out of Wisconsin to cheer you up? A woman and her son were arrested after a bizarre incident at a Walmart last week that saw a woman try karate on police. Her adult son stripped naked and the family dog steal muffin mix. Police were called to the store last week. For Talk the about a caper. <laughs> <laughs> and go low, high, high, low. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that dog in a trench coat with a newspaper <laughs> scoping out that muffin mix the day before. <laughs> you go low. High, the mom's in the garage low. practicing karate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, police were called to the store for alleged theft and, pro- and process. The woman was creating a disturbance inside. When she was asked to leave, she unleashed karate moves on the police. While her son decided to go back in the store, he exposed himself, tried to steal some clothes. He was the distraction, obviously. <laughs> Everyone's got a role in a caper. <laughs> After he tried to steal the clothes, he then attempted to run over an officer with his scooter. Hmm. Uh, the woman and her uh, husband and her son have been charged. The dog has been turned over to the Humane Society. That was like a Mad Libs of crime. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, a karate fight, a dog involved, man exposed himself, runs over a scooter, Walmart. Muffin mix. <laughs> Muffin mix. <laughs> I hear your next improv show, Jim. <laughs> Give me seven wacky suggestions. A location, something to steal, a funny vehicle, a way to fight. This story is the best. This is going in the People of Walmart Hall of Fame for sure. Oh, and it's good muffin mix too, so it's all worth it. Yeah. That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.